If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. This is episode 504 for July 27th. 2021, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Destin Legary. Bam! Hey, everybody. Where's the Where's the X? What? Where's, hello? Oh, I forgot. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda Sanchez, how are you? Hi, doing well, book one and everybody. Now, I've come to expect the full production, Destin. You can't, don't yeah, let us down, okay? I got the hair light. <laughs> I got the hair light. I actually have a, 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 a soft light over here, my key light over here. It's looking looking pretty balanced today. Dang. <laughs> and I'd like to introduce everybody and welcome David Whitaker from Level One Gaming. Welcome, David. Hey, thank you. I don't have a hair light, Destin. I, I'm trying to hide my receding hairline, uh, actually. So, um, yeah, maybe I can get one that reduces the uh, LeBron James effect I'm having over here. <laughs> it separate you from the background, man. You're going to look good. So, uh, David, thanks so much for joining us. You know, we're we're just getting to know you. You and I have traded some tweets, but this is our first yes. time actually talking face to face, as it were, and your first time meeting the Unlock crew and our audience's first time meeting you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your your Xbox background, how far back you go with Xbox and a little bit about level one gaming as well. Awesome. Yeah. So I we talked a little bit before I go back to the the OG Xbox, the fat one. I was even as a fat kid, my hands were too small for the big controller. Uh, I remember placing my hand upwards to press the black and white button. So I go way back to the OG. Uh, been been a big fan of the console from the very beginning, from the Xbox to the 360. I uh, was there day one for the one. Spent the 500 bucks uh, with no regrets. <laughs> um, just really enjoying, you know, the platform in general. Some of the great games from the past, Jade Empire, uh, uppers to Gears, to uppers to what we might get in the future. Um, been a big fan um, of 
almost everything the console has done, a critic as well, to to a fault at times from a lot of people. Um, I am formerly from um, Tick. If you guys remember Tick Podcast, I used to be over there, and that's when I came up with the idea of Level 1. And I have such an amazing team with me, Baron Jones, uh, Mariah Bell, who do some amazing things with creative side, communication side. Um, they've really helped me to sort of become a head coach. I tell myself I'm not like great at anything. I'm good at a lot of stuff, you know? Um, and one thing I could do is get people in the room and get them talking. Uh, and it's been an incredible experience. And coming on here today is, is, is great for me to see how things are done on a much bigger scale. Uh, we are a small minority owned minority run uh, gaming website. We also do entertainment, movies, uh, music. Um, uh, we do a lot of music stuff. Lately, uh, BTS has been really big for us. I actually have a, my best friend is a really big BTS YouTuber. And I just did a video with him just recently. Uh, but when it comes to level one, man, we only ever ask people for an opportunity to let us entertain you. Or we want people to have fun. Uh, even if I miss on a joke, I'm going to continue to come with more jokes because I want you to laugh and I want you to be entertaining. Uh, I want you to be entertained. And I want, when I leave you or you leave me, the last impression is big guy's kind of funny well, we love it we thank you for, uh, for taking the time so all right you mentioned you did you, know, you, you threw in you name dropped a couple xbox games from the past you meant jade empire that's a that's a good deep cut right there mm -hmm. you mentioned gears give me like three all-time favorite xbox games for you okay uh fusion frenzy Oh, Miranda. Um, so <laughs> many, so many fun hours of Fusion I was say, oh, you're already talking about BTS. You just cover music. I was like, this is already great. This is already going to go great. <laughs> We'll make a show. So Fusion Frenzy, of course, I, I, I said Jade Empire. I have to tell you with Jade Empire. And then the um, the classic, the original Halo will always hit home. Um, just the hours of sitting around with you know, multi-Xboxes and LAN parties brings up so many good memories of, of being younger. I mean, I, I say that. I'm, I'm getting kind of old now. But it just brings up so many memories. So those are my three. Um, and I think Fusion Frenzy is the one that not a lot of people, besides Miranda, which I'm fun to love you now, <laughs> uh, really played and enjoyed. It is such a great party game that I wish would would be somehow brought back or remade uh, for this generation. Would it be amazing? Not a lot of not a lot of um, in house, not in house, whatever I'm looking for, couch co op type party games anymore. Besides what, mm -hmm. what's happening over at Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, I, I think right now I'm just we should we should edit in the 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 gif from Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? For you, Miranda, <laughs> with Fusion Frenzy. I love it. Oh, that's great. Well, uh, speaking of excellent Xbox exclusives like Fusion Frenzy, like Jade Empire, Destin, uh, I want to talk about and and David, if you played Miranda, if you've had spent any time, I played a little on PC, but I haven't had time on Xbox yet. But Destin, this week, the the first next-gen exclusive from first party. You know, we had the medium earlier this year, but Microsoft, or excuse me, Xbox Game Studios now shipping their first next-gen exclusive today as we record this. It's on Game Pass right now, and that is the Xbox Series X and S version of Microsoft Flight Simulator. Now, Destin, the big question, we already knew it was a great game. IGN mm -hmm. gave this a 10 out of 10 last year for PC. How is it on console? I know you've been digging into this on both the Series S and Series X. Yeah, so I was actually really surprised to hop in on Series X and Series S and see that it's running quite well, uh, fairly smooth. I think on the Series S, I did see some pop in when I did the Mount Everest Discovery flight. 
But largely, uh, this footage you're seeing here is was captured by me just a few days ago. And uh, that's the Series S right there. That looks wow. really, really good. That's so it. if you don't have a 4K device or your TV can only go up to 1440p, you're still going to get a great Microsoft Flight Simulator experience. And just, I was reflecting on this the other day, and Microsoft Flight Simulator does something truly interesting just for gaming. It's really tearing down the walls between... Uh, what is expected on a console versus what is expected on PC. And I, I think it's an important moment in gaming to see this game running on console hardware. And you know what? They've done a really good job mapping the, the controls to a controller. Your rudders are the triggers. I call it GTA controls, but your, your rudders are, are the triggers. Uh, you you um, speed up, I'll call it, with here. I throttle can't up, prop, yeah. Throttle up, yeah, here. You throttle down here. Your brake is X. And the basics of the controls, yes, you do have to go into the cockpit and do some of the more advanced stuff, but uh, the basics are all there and translate very well. When you boot up the game, it just sets you basically at GTA controls, meaning you can hop in there and probably just sort of figure out how to go and stop right away. Or press Y to hijack other planes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> here, here you can see some of the pop in, in the mountains, but... Um, you know, when you're flying low to the ground, don't expect like stunning visuals. This is a flight game. This is about uh, being higher in the sky and being able to see like their cloud system, which is incredibly interesting and get to experience all of this stuff. And just based on the few flights that I've done, uh, you know, I, I did the capture all in 4K. So what you're probably seeing here is a 1080p version of that file. But uh, their cloud system is absolutely fascinating in the way that they actually take real world weather data and translate that into the game is is interesting but you yeah, probably read, yeah go I ahead the players players were flying into the the hurricane in the game recently the real life hurricane right. like that's a you know weird crazy thing you can do with this i actually i actually did that uh for ign mm -hmm. there is a clip about flying into the hurricane and i think people expect like a tornado or your plane's gonna get thrown all over the place that's just not what happens it's just very dark you can't really see anything, right? And uh, you have to sort of compensate for those uh, wind changes as you're flying into it. But it's really gorgeous. Look at this. We're the, watching the, a series. This so, is Series S footage right now. That's beautiful. That's right. That's right. And I, I had sort of the same reaction when I was hopping in on the Series S. I'm like, wow, this looks really good. Um, I haven't done the pixel counts yet, but you can see on the wing, there is some... Uh, 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 stair steps or whatever that's what you use to do your pixel counts i need to do that on the series x and s and uh i mean i could open up my project here and verify that it's at 30 fps but i need to also do the the frame testing to see how is it running is it stabilized um joe scrabbles also messaged me this morning to say that the pc version just got a major patch and was drastically optimized and i think the PC version is benefiting from the console version here because they had to optimize for these console releases no and stabilize the console releases. I'm very impressed. I think any aviation fan is going to have a blast with this. I know our, our own Seth Macy is a huge aviation fan and expert, and he, he gave it a 10, right? Yeah, so, he reviewed it. Yep. Yeah. So seeing that it's running well on console and you get to have an experience like that is just great. And it, it does support a lot of flight sticks and stuff. So if you're willing to drop the extra cash, and go that extra mile, um, go for it. So it's it's David, an awesome game. It's it's an awe-inspiring game, literally. Yeah, yeah. David, have you uh, have you had a chance to spend any time with this yet? And and or if not, are you are you tempted just by virtue of it being on Game Pass? There's no you, you know, know 
I do have it installed on my Series X, and I was tempted to play it on my PC, but I haven't quite figured out mouth-to-mouth resuscitation for my for my 1060 because they can't really handle this. So I didn't want to kill my computer, right? Um, I do have it installed on the Series X, and I don't think I have it installed on my S at the moment. So I do plan on giving it a shot just off it being off of Game Pass. I wouldn't say this is definitely like my type of game that I would like, yeah, I'm going to play Fight Fight Sim. Right. But... With it being a Game Pass and with it being such a beautiful game, I, I kind of just want to see if I can fly over my house a few times. Um, but definitely going to check it out. I just could have done before, but I don't think my PC would have survived such a, a chaotic, traumatic experience. Yeah, David, I, you, you, David brings ahead, up a Dustin. really good point, Ryan. I just wanted to hit on really quick. It's not a lot of people's type of game, and people should manage their expectations about what this is going to be like. This isn't going to be like Grand Theft Auto, where you're able to like do stuff. You can fly over your house, but when you get really close, everything looks sort of muddy because there's the low-level odds. They're expecting you to be in the air flying over it. But I did the same thing when I <laughs> when I was still in Northern California. The first thing I did was fly to the apartment, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of fun. But it's a very chill game. You just kind of sit back. You enjoy the whole experience of learning how to fly. It's a real world simulator. So if you want that level of experience, you can have that. If you just want to fly to some cool places, you can have that too. But it's very chill. Just just expect a chill experience. And uh, uh, that's what I've been enjoying about it. Very relaxing. Yeah, that's that's and that's why I feel like that'll be my draw to it as well, where it's it's like the opposite. If, you know, if you've had a stressful day or, the, you know, you're you're sick of reading the news, like just just turn on flight simulator. And just kind of go into a zen place and just just relax over, you know, from 30,000 feet. Yeah, I was going to say, it's good to have those sort of quiet games that just are very chill. It's like you put on an audiobook if you want, put on a podcast, just like chill out and be in that space. Um, that aside, though, that's when I have a question. Yeah. How much, what is the level of chaos you can ensue in this game? I know it's not GTA, it's not that kind of thing, but my favorite thing to do with and I think especially because this is on Game Pass and I can just sort of experiment with it. Like, what, how high can you go? What happens if you go too high? Is it like a gentle, no, go back down? Or is it like a, something's pl- going wrong with your plane? No, your plane will say, your plane will say, um, stall, stall, stall. If you okay. try and do it too quickly or if you go to, to an altitude where your plane just can't function. Mm-hmm. Because... I, I I never went as that high because it, it's it's a very slow climb. It would take you a long time to get there. And if you you did it, oh, I'll wait. it if you did it too quickly, <laughs> well, your plane will likely eventually stall and then it will go down and it'll kind of keep you at the max altitude of the, the aircraft. Okay. So yeah. Uh, well maybe uh not maybe too crazy. You know, we know we're getting the Top Gun Maverick DLC later this year to tie yes. in with the movie. Maybe we'll there'll be a like Richard Branson Jeff Bezos DLC where you can go up into low orbit Miranda. <laughs> oh <my God>. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so there you go. Flight Microsoft Flight Simulator, the first of the first party next gen only games, the first of many. There are many, many more on the way. Although coming up next, uh, Miranda, we've got Psychonauts 2 next month. And then of course, sometime this holiday, still waiting on that exact date is Halo Infinite, which will be cross-gen as well. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country 
that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash Unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, one of the ones that we missed last week, and I wanted to apologize for this, we had a, there was an Xbox exclusive that came out uh, that we gave a 9 out of 10 to, and we just none of us have had a chance to play it, but Miranda, you have previewed this. Uh, you didn't review it, but... Can you talk for a minute about Death's Door? Yeah, so Death's Door is a very cool game, sort of Zelda, sort of Dark Souls, all its own flavor of that sort of mix. Um, so you play as this little crow that is a Grim Reaper, and your job is to go collect souls um, and essentially deliver death to a place that hasn't had death in a long time, which is a problem. And because, you know, it's part of the circle of life and it's incredibly stylish. I love that, like kind of the base hub areas in this grayscale. And then once you get back into the, the full world that you're exploring, it's colorful and beautiful. The enemy design's really neat. Um, and so this is the one game that I really wanted to jump into. Uh, obviously, Brendan Graber reviewed this for us. He said it had like a lot of really cool fights, a lot of cool like little secrets that you can kind of fall into. Like there's a way to get, you know, 100% on everything. Like there are things to find and explore. Hey, look at those little, if you're watching, there's these cute little buds you got to find and, and help thrive in this world. Uh, so I'm excited to jump into it once I get a chance. It's been a little busy with some other stuff. But um, if you do jump in and you need a little bit of help, uh, we have a guide and it's great. I'm digging the art style on this as we watch yeah. beautiful to this. Uh, David, is this up your alley at all? You know, I was gifted this game right when it came out um, because I am supposed to play um, Sekiro for our um, for a thing thing we had did for Extra Life. So someone said, "Hey, this can be your you know your way to get into the dark 
Souls type of games, right? And I was like, oh, this game is cool until Barbie's Dreamhouse tried to kill me. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm in for a ride. So um, I'm definitely, uh, as I play more and got more hours to it, I'm definitely loving this game. It's something I didn't expect to like. I love Miranda. It's a little bit of Zelda, a little bit of Dark Souls because I love Zelda. The big, big fan of Zelda. Um, so that's really kept me going. And I, I recommend this game to a lot of people. I haven't wrote credits quite yet um but definitely a game i think people should check out i think it was like maybe 15 bucks us so it's definitely uh price to what you're getting as far as a quality game or visually uh stunning game well worth it yeah it's almost that this is how you know at least i guess i can only speak for myself and you guys can chime in and uh, uh, with how you think but like i was actually game pass has been so successful and it's been delivering time and time again this year where I was actually kind of surprised when I heard that this game isn't, did not launch into Game Pass. I was like, oh, really? Like, it's just a regular game that you buy? Okay, but yeah, as David, you mentioned, it's not, you know, it's not an expensive game. It's not a $60, $70 thing. So yeah, check it out. Nine out of 10 from IGN. It uh, definitely looks like good stuff. Now, uh, David and then Miranda and then Destin, I want to go to each of you guys here because the other really interesting Guess it's not news per se but just thing that our everyone in our audience should go look at if they have not already i wanted to talk for a minute about alpha point which is the unreal engine 5 tech demo that the coalition made so they're very very clear hey this is you're not looking at gears of war 6 yet that's not what this is there's just like a weird triangular pyramidy object thing in it that's not gears related at all but but still, I mean, this is an idea. And you, if you're watching us on video, you're getting you're starting to see the, the video play here. Um, this is what we can expect uh, as, as a sort of a baseline, as, a, as something of an expectation visually for Gear 6. Uh, and, and David, how uh, how did you how are you impressed by this? Because this is uh, look at this. Look what we're watching right now. <laughs> Visually beautiful. Um, my only theory is sort of like what we saw not too long ago with Epic and Sony when they showed the the gear. Uh, I was about to say the Gears gameplay, the Unreal footage, right? Yeah. I'm always a little bit worried, you know, when we will see this type of quality and in actual games. You know, it's almost like as if we're going to say, "Hey, this is what we can potentially get from this engine next gen." <laughs> I'm I'm a bit worried. It, it does look amazing. It looks incredible. I'm not a big technical person. I can say it had six million triangles. I can't do that, right? I can just look at something and say this looks amazing. And visually, this looks really good to the point where you're seeing some people want to compare it to cutscenes from other games, like the Uncharted things like that. Um, I do think this was again a press. Impressive. However, I'm just so worried about when we will actually get this in hand and games will actually look this way because I'm I'm not seeing it this gen. But I always reserve the right to be wrong. Well, yeah, David, you're not. I think that's a that's a very. Um, it's, I don't know whether to to say a like you've been burned before as a gamer, yes. right, by vertical <laughs> slices and things like that, or just or did, you know I, I give you credit actually for you staying cautious. Just like, yeah, you know, you don't want to totally buy into all of it yet, but um, we'll see. I mean, these are supposedly these are engine based features, but yeah, getting them. Mm -hmm. And this was supposedly this is running on an Xbox Series X. So but but you're right. There's no AI running in this. 
there's no, you know, there's a lot of CPU cycles that are not accounted yes. for that a regular game would have. But Miranda, how about you? You're a resident Gears expert, Gears super fan. Seeing this, what did you think? So one thing we've talked about a lot about, and I think Dustin has too, is how great Gears 5 already looked. So I wouldn't say I'm necessarily worried. I think the idea of this is to show potential, right, of like things that they could accomplish potentially and that we might see in incoming games. And they are working on Unreal 5. So it's just like, a, hey, this is just a taste of what things can be like, not guaranteeing everything, but for like maybe most important moments or just big areas that they really want to focus on, like there's there's a lot they can do here with that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to what we'll see with this. One of the things that I was personally really excited about with this is just like the detail and fidelity of all of the assets in these little frames. So like, if you look at the vines, if you look at like just these rocks on the floor, if you look at like just these small little pillars, those are the things that I look at, which is very, maybe a little strange to say, but when I'm playing a shooter or something, I will take time to just kind of go through each house, not only because I'm a guide's lead, right? Like it's really important for me to scrape a level. That's what I call when you just like go through everything and look at every corner. You jump against all those walls. It's real weird, but that's how you find things sometimes. And also it's, just, it's taking time to appreciate what the developers have put in different places. Like someone spent time on this room and I want to be here to know what they said, like what they want to say about it. And I think they can say more in their games with having this level of quality and how many assets they can have in and, and things that they can really just artistically create that they maybe couldn't have before because they need to put resources elsewhere, which makes a lot of sense, right? Like you just want to make sure that the things that people are playing with most, that the, the players are seeing most get the most priority. Um, but then I'm always happy when there are sort of like treats for people like me, where it's like in that corner, you'll find these, these cool little boxes of food that you'll see just around. And it, it sort of tells its own little story. And I think you can keep getting that more and more as there's just more power to these games. Um, I was saying before, as kind of a joke, whenever I see a book on a table in a game, I always try to read it. I'm like, is this a real book? Like, what are they saying with this? Is this a secret message to me? No. <laughs> and by to me, I just mean players who just take the time to go look at all those things because it is really important to me to appreciate what the developers are trying to do and what the artists are trying to create with uh, their assets. So I'm excited by the potential of what they showed here. And also look at those pores. Dang. Yeah. I'm sorry, if you're if you're listening, you're looking at this man's face and you can just see all the pores. Yeah, the character test here. <laughs> well said, Miranda, well said. Destin, you are our resident performance review slash performance review guru. You love digging into the technical side of things. We just talked to you about Flight Simulator and the sort of comparison between X and S and PC. Uh, how did What did you think of this, of, of Alpha Point here? It's stunning. It's absolutely stunning what they were able to accomplish here. Um, there are limitations with the, the current technology on Unreal Engine 5. They actually have a one hour long GDC talk where Colin Penty from the coalition sort of went through this. And to, to answer some of your questions that came up uh, during the panel here, uh, some of the games on the list that will be utilizing Unreal Engine 5 include uh, Hellblade 2. The one we'll probably see it implemented in first is Epic's own uh, Fortnite, which right. will be uh, upgraded in mid-2022. Um, and then there's some other games like Dreamhouse, but Pez 2022 should also be should also use Unreal Engine 5. And of course, the Coalition, who is usually one of the first people messing around with the Unreal Engine tech, will be developing Gears of War 5. So Nanite, Nanite is able to take like just millions of triangles and stuff like that and throw it 
throw it into the engine and just create these absolutely stunning vistas. And then Lumen, it's, it's dynamic global illumination, which means it's doing stuff with uh, lighting. Colin actually outlined that there were uh, a few challenges with the Lumen, uh, the Lumen uh, aspect, but mm -hmm. the temporal resolution, they're scaling between 1080 and 1440p. They sit up to 4K. The whole demo is in 4K 30. Uh, the, the FPS that they're currently hitting is 45 FPS, but they do feel confident that working with Epic, they are going to be able to hit 60 FPS Sweet. at 4K. But that temporal super resolution, a lot of people criticize games that scale up from 1080p or 1440p, but the technology there, like it's all the textures and stuff are 4K assets, right? but the resolution is lower. So it sort of ends up balancing out. And the scaling aspect, the the TSR, is doing a tremendously amazing job of upscaling the game in a much prettier way. Like everything's gonna look a little bit better. The Lumen reflections were one of the things they sort of criticized. And uh, Lumen is pretty expensive right now. So they're working on that. Like it'll recalculate the scene during camera cuts. So you, you might see texture pop in, you might see sort of weird things. And then uh, one thing that you guys might find sort of cool is in the character detail, one eyelash, the eyelashes of the character, the amount of polygons and everything, that's an entire Xbox 360 character is contained within the <laughs> eyelash of a character wow. on Xbox Series X with this technology. A cinematic test is actually on the way. So there's going to be an early, they said there's going to be an early look that they showed right now is like three screenshots, but they're going to take that character, they're going to combine it with this, and you will get to see what a scene would play out like on Xbox Series X hardware. And by the way, this test was all done so that they could figure out the ins and the outs of Unreal Engine 5. What can it do? What are they able to sort of push it toward goal-wise and then implement that when they do their next title or their next game? It's, yeah, and it's, it's stunning what they've managed to accomplish. There are limitations. It's not perfect. Right. But other developers will be able to use this GDC talk to figure out the limitations and how to work around them and uh, uh, the Gears team, the coalition, is going to be able to utilize this sort of example to further improve their product. Well, was, you mentioned you mentioned the coalition. You mentioned Ninja Theory with Hellblade Two. Don't mm -hmm. forget, there are other of the many of the twenty three Xbox studios. There are a, a handful of them using Unreal in, Engine Five. In There's Unreal. also in Exile. Uh, in, thank you, in Exile, with their two new RPGs coming up. So. Uh, and I'm probably that's just off the top of my head. I'm probably leaving somebody out, too, that's that's using Unreal Engine 5. We don't know what Compulsion is doing. I don't remember if um, We Happy Few was Unreal based or not. It might have been. It might so have been they, UE4, but Blackmyth Wukong. So Blackmyth Wukong, I was wondering if they were using UE5 tech. They're not. No. That's Unreal Engine 4. Yeah. So yeah, to yeah. give you an idea of how amazing. powerful this engine is, like a lot of the most stunning games that we're playing are being developed in Unreal Engine 4. And the conversion to Unreal Engine 5 seems to be fairly easy. I say that with not a ton of knowledge about the work involved. So take that with a grain of salt. But it sounds like it's fairly easy to convert with some, some probably growing pains as uh, Epic and the developers figure that stuff out. I actually downloaded the engine and I started messing around nice. in it. I, I have a background in, in game design. Uh, well, I took some courses and learned how to... 3D model and stuff like that. So it's sort of fun to hop back in and just mess around in it. But if, if I were to dedicate like a month of time, maybe I can make a level where you can shoot a thing and it dies. But it, it takes a long time to make this stuff. Yeah, no doubt. And, and sure enough, uh, 
our memories were correct. We Happy Few does use Unreal Engine 4, so Compulsion may end up being one of the other Xbox studios that goes ahead with Unreal Engine 5. But yeah, lots to look forward to. The the engine's stunning. (laughs) Gears has always, always pushed the the visual envelope. Even from from Epic, even transitioning over when it handed off the Coalition, Gears 4, Gears 5 also look great. I mean, the Hive Busters looks amazing. Hive, Hive Busters was the probably was the best looking thing on series x until flight simulator came out today like that's that's how good that's how good gears has always looked all right uh let's talk now about our actual headline topic this week now that we're 28 minutes into the show (laughs) let's talk about dead space ea at their ea play live press conference effectively their e3 that they waited until july this year for ea announcing a full-on remake, not remaster, of Dead Space. It will be led by EA Motive, the developers behind Star Wars Squadrons, as well as the single-player campaign of Battlefield 2. Now, there's no release year even mentioned for this, so I think it's probably safe to say that this is still very, very, very far away. 2023 would be my bet as the earliest uh, that, that we might possibly see this, but... Uh, David, I'm going to go your way first. What was your reaction to their their one more thing of of Dead Space being remade as a next gen game? Well, I think a, a lot of people saw that coming. I mean, it was it was it's been teased and rumored for for so long now, right? Um, I was I'm excited about it being by EA Motive because I'm I think I'm one of the few people who like Squadrons, and I think the Battlefront Two campaign was actually pretty good, yeah. or at least halfway decent to a lot of people. But you know, I think I've committed video game blasphemy because i'm such a scaredy cat um six foot 300 pounds i am scared of horror games i, I really am right you both and so i am i have i'm maybe a couple of hours into the original game because i'm such a scaredy cat right um for but for a lot of people who i'm close with to feel their excitement for this title um to be getting the texts and the discord messages i was receiving when this was finally, it, it's we know it's real now. That excitement that other people are pushing onto me has made me want to go back and conquer my fears and play the original game. Um, so as of right now, I'm excited for other people. And I know this video game blasts me for not having finished the game, but I'm a scary cat. I'll admit it. I have no shame in that. Well, so am I. And so is uh, Miranda. I think it's fair to put you in, in that category with us as well, right? But you actually, you forged ahead through your fear, though. I, She's stronger I than me. I'm doing it. I started playing Dead Space before this was announced. Uh, so I play horror games with one of my best friends, and she's very brave and she loves horror. I am not, so sometimes I will like kind of push myself to play things with her. And then one of the things we were playing together was Dead Space. Uh, I was handling the controls, and she was just sitting with me, and I was just like, ah, like quietly screaming because I just know how scary these games are supposed to be, but. I actually found it really manageable. And I think because it's a shooter and I'm really comfortable with shooters. I was like, okay, as soon as I get the feel for this, I know my weapon limitations. I know how to defeat these guys. Just get out of here. And I was just like yelling at them. And I was like, okay, I can actually probably play this game. However, this space remake, probably can't play that one. (laughs) I think uh, with the modernizations that they're going to do with the graphical updates, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of more scary things. It might be a bit more of a challenge, but I think it could still be something I could potentially take on. Again, because it is a shooter, I have strength in that, and I know we can go forward. I believe in everybody here. You can do it. You can play Dead Space. Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's it's funny that you say because I've actually encountered the same thing where you can be playing a single player horror game, but yet having another person in the room with you, even though they're not helping you play the game in any way, just them being there makes such a big difference because that's how exactly how I finished. That's how I made it through the original Condemned as mm-hmm. one of the, one of my favorite Xbox 360 launch titles because that game. It's creepy is it's absolutely creepy. I mean, the there's the the abandoned there's an abandoned elementary school like halfway through the campaign, which is just like, oh, God, no. no. Um, but, <laughs> no. But then towards the end, there's a there's a like a it's like a farmhouse type of thing. And, you know, you're, you're just in the middle of nowhere. And I actually I needed my friend Brian, who was visiting. He was in town at the time. And I just needed him to be there to get through that game because by myself, I think I would have just noped out and turned it off. But I'm so glad I did because uh, Condemned was was fantastic. And Dead Space is is so highly regarded as well. And and the thing actually I want to jump into here, and uh, Destin, I'll go to you first since I haven't, haven't uh, heard from you on this topic yet, is let's talk about this in the context of the rehabilitation of EA's reputation in the community and and before anybody just chuckles and snorts at that like take a look at at what ea's been doing lately to try and you know earn put themselves back in the good graces of gamers we had this announcement they shipped mass effect legendary edition and they did a great job on it they've announced skate 4 they've had a bunch of fantastic ea originals including not one but two phenomenal games from joseph ferris and and Hayes light games Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, a single player Star Wars game with no microtransactions that turned out excellent from Respawn. Battlefield 2042, everybody's excited about. So, Destin, is it is it time to start giving EA a little bit of credit here? Nah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. oh, I agree. Uh, whoa. I, agree. <laughs> I, I do like a, I do like a lot of the things that they have done in recent memory, but like they still have some questionable microtransactions in FIFA that I, I don't agree with that really need to be readdressed. I don't know what's happened in the last few months. I absolutely support the developers working on this game. Bioware doing Mass Effect Legendary Edition was phenomenal. Um, I'm really, really excited about this Dead Space release, but to just give EA a pass for, honestly, they need to regain the trust of the community. For so long, they have been putting microtransactions in things, but actually a note on that, uh, they're very clear Dead Space is not going to have microtransactions. But I think it's sort of one of those things where they've done questionable things for so long, it's hard to just give them trust. They need a few more wins in their belt. They need to show that they are uh, paving that path forward. And I, I don't think I'm quite there yet. I am okay. very happy. I am very happy with what they've done in recent months. I agree with you on that. But to say, like, they're suddenly the best company ever. I didn't uh, say that. No, no, no. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to imply that you did. But I'm also, I'm also not ready to like. I, I want to hear a little bit more. I, I want to hear from uh, about the working conditions of the company. I have heard sort of good things about that. So maybe, maybe it's maybe EA has turned a new leaf. And I'm curious, what was the catalyst for that? Because a lot of the same people are still there. So some, if something did change, uh, what changed and, and what forced them to take a hard look at their stances, like. Oh, we're never going to redo Mass Effect. And then they redo Mass Effect. Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We want people to change, right? That's that's Absolutely. what we all should be doing as humans. So, Miranda, you seem to agree with Destin there. You were, you were, you were suggesting a, an agreement that, yes, you are not quite ready to uh, 
to <laughs> smile in EA's direction and, and give him a thumbs up quite yet. Right. And so like for me, I separate the studio. Not okay. So these studios are under EA, right? But what they do and the good games they make is not necessarily on EA. Um, I think with EA, they're more so about like how are they implementing, you know, studio mandates to do microtransactions? Like how are they making sure that their studios are taken care of? What games are they canceling? And like how long has it been since certain studios been able to release a game because so many projects have been canceled? I think there's a lot of different things at play that it's hard to just say, well, like, well, EA is doing great. I think there are good things happening. But I think with, again, as Justin was saying, with such a history studio that has made a lot of very bad moves, uh, they just need a lot of time to really regain that trust. And I think it's going to be just not a few, well, those were great, like a few things. It's got to be consistent many years of, okay, they've actually consistently done good. They've like supported good initiatives. They've supported their developers. Um, they've been like forcing for or pushing for like a positive inclusive communities like that's all things that need to happen and a lot of it too like I look at the developers and then I look at like corporate EA and so I think when we say just like EA is doing great it's like you know like for me at least I try to separate that a little bit and say okay well are the do these studios seem like that they're feeling supported and doing well. And that's kind of how I look at Microsoft too, right? With Xbox Game Studios, because we have the individual studios and they're doing their own things. But from what we've seen, they look like I get a lot of support from Microsoft and Microsoft's very much like you guys, creative autonomy, like you should be doing your thing. Like we want to support you. They'll promote your games. Like we have Xbox in this great service and an ecosystem that just makes everything, I think, better work together well. Whereas EI, I don't see, or is like kind of starting to do some of that. And so that's, I guess, my perspective on EA. And, and to Dustin's note too, FIFA is like a huge problem. The microtransactions and stuff, it's, yeah. it's just not okay. Well, let's, let's look at EA, Miranda. Like to your point, EA is by Motive Studios. Motive Studios exists because they destroyed Visceral, right? And it sort of became Motive Studios. I'm glad that they get to work on, on uh, Dead Space, but so much has happened to get to this point. And not all, a lot of it's pretty bad. So... Yeah. I, I do hope they have turned a new leaf. To your point, Ryan, I absolutely do want to see them doing better. I, I hope this is a turning point for them. I think that I think I am hopeful that this is a turning point for EA. It is a statement that I would agree with, but uh, I, I just I need to see like how they handle FIFA 2022 and stuff. All right, that's fair, David. How about you? Here, you've heard some spirited conversation. What do you think about this? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's time to. Um tell EA we forgive you and shower them with all of our coins quite yet but I do think there's there's the point to where we have to begin to give uh, them their, their flowers while they're making good decisions. Uh, Miranda brought up Microsoft and Xbox um, and you could still have people saying hey 2013-2014 but when things begin to change around, people begin to give Microsoft and Xbox, well, Xbox uh, credit and showing them some love. And they got other people say, hey, what's going on with Xbox? Like, let me go out and support them. Uh, money talks. Money will always talk. So um, if they're doing great things like they're doing with the Mass Effect and like the, the excitement we're getting behind uh, Battlefield 2042, uh, even though they might not be directly involved with creating the game, if they're making decisions up top that are trickling down, let's give them the flowers because then at that point, they're going to say, okay, let's Let's make more decisions. Let's continue this trend of goodwill because that's going to make our stock prices look better. It's going to make our pockets look better, bigger because, again, money talks. I don't want to completely forgive them, but let's give them a few flowers and say, you know what? Continue this train and I may have more coins for you down the road. That, that's yeah. a good. That's a really good way to put it. They, yeah. They've done Apex. They've done Mass Effect. Let's wait until all these games come out before we give them the flowers, right? 
Yeah, I think that's fair. And that's the only point I'm trying to make here. I I wasn't, uh, believe me, I'm not sitting here saying EA is suddenly (laughs) the golden child of (laughs) we're on you, Ryan. Publishers. But (laughs) I'm I'm glad that that this was the central topic of this podcast because I think this has been a really interesting conversation. Because, I mean, I would all, you could also point to like BioWare is doing Dragon Age 4, they're doing Mass Effect 4. Um, How those games turn out is, are you know huge question marks but but yeah like it is i think it's fair to at least give them some partial credit like hey you guys are on the right track let's encourage that and hopefully absolutely acknowledge good moves like that's important too yeah and saying like hey this was good please keep doing it thank you yeah (laughs) and and we'll see you know the uh, dice la renamed to we talked about it last week and the name their new name escapes me already but we'll see what they get up to ripple effect thank you ripple, yes ripple, your memory yes. is better than memory mine. um so yeah like it is it's it, it is and david i'm glad you brought up the xbox and miranda as well the xbox game studios the, the sort of general microsoft comparison because i think that is kind of a good uh apple to apple comparison with ea mm-hmm. where you know you look 5 years ago we hammered. Microsoft was <laughs> uh, the reputation was was not good. That oh, you know, Xbox has no games. Their you know their console is is underpowered compared to the compared to PS4, and and it took a long time. It took the Xbox One X, and then it took the Series mm-hmm. X, and it took a number of studio acquisitions, and it took backwards compatibility and Game Pass, and it took all these things. And not overnight, like it took, they had to actually prove all that out and show it rather than just tell it. And you see now in 2021, Microsoft's reputation, I think it's fair to say, even though, okay, we're, we're, uh, we're kind of biased here on an Xbox podcast, but (laughs) I think it's generally fair to say in the community that Xbox's reputation has turned around for the better. So that's probably what EA needs to be looking at is, you know, just, you got to, you know, you can't just do a few things and call it good. You've got to keep your foot on the accelerator for years to come, and and then people will turn around. But um, yeah, it's it's just uh, this this remake is it is a shame that it kind of leaked ahead of time. I will say that's that's a yeah. bit of a bummer that we lost the surprise element of that. EA does seem to be a fairly leaky company when it comes to their <laughs> big announcements, but but uh, yeah, it's it's nice to see. EA really start to do some cool stuff because I'll tell you, um, I'm old, and when I was a kid, EA on the Sega Genesis was one of the best. Pol- you just see the EA logo, actually EA, yep. uh, and I see David. I see you nodding along. I don't know if you remember EA's cartridges for the Genesis looked different. They had that like little yellow mm-hmm. tab on the side that other Genesis mm-hmm. cartridges didn't have. They were a different shape, and like you know, you had. They put, you know, all the EA sports were phenomenal on the Genesis. You had games like The Immortal, which was a cool RPG. You had Road Rash. Uh, You had all these great games. And I I want nothing more than for EA to get back to that, where when I see the EA logo, I'm like, yes, this is probably going to be a cool, interesting game. So, uh, so yeah, it's in a good space with EA being a good a household name again. Damn, it's it's almost like compared to sports. Now, if the Cowboys or the Lakers are good, you know, it's good for the industry. I think good EA is good for the gaming industry. I agree. Yeah, well said. Because it's uh, you know you want the you need the biggest publishers to be setting you know 
setting a, the right example and doing which Microsoft is doing. And and yes. Sony has been proving out what their first party games and the consistent quality and and lack of like crappy microtransactions and those. So it's you know and and Nintendo too. I mean the first parties are getting it done and it's and it's the opposite of what we're seeing. I mean I don't want to get I really I debated whether to get into this and I don't really want to get into this because we're already forty three minutes into the show. But you know what what you don't want is Activision Blizzard and and the the kind of the everything that's going on there now and and the sort of culture there and and the 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 way the the products are handled and the and the support is handled and you know whether you look I, at I don't know if you like, heard there's a massive walkout happening as we were yeah, this yeah no that was right before we started and and I stand with those employees congrats walking on, out and uh, they are absolutely right to demand change and and I hope I hope that maybe this can not that I mean, it, not that it makes the the trauma that that so many women at, at Activision Blizzard have endured uh, any less painful, but maybe this can be a tipping point for for pushing for you know whether it's unionization or it's just some kind of universal better treatment for for people of all walks of life, genders, backgrounds, ethnicities, uh, orientations at at all game companies because our industry is too good. To or there's too much good potential for it to be held back and 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 ruined by you know things like we're seeing at at Activision Blizzard. So, um, well EA can look at that too. You know, EA can look at that too and say, hey, we we don't want to be that. We want to we you know they've got a chance to be the good guy here to to come back and and as they continue to rebuild their reputation. So, all right. Um, I guess we did talk about it a little bit, but it, it, we could do a whole show on that. That's the problem. And it's, it's the, it's the two way thing of like, I want to celebrate video games and that's what, you know, I want this to be a fun hour for people, but we also don't want to turn a blind eye to these major things going on. So it's a sort of a, it's a, it's a tough thing for me as a host to figure out, all right, well, how do we want to spend our time? So I think we'll leave it at that and move on to some happier news. And that is, Halo Infinite, which makes me very happy. The idea of it, I hope the game will make me happy. Uh, David, we've got potentially very soon the first multiplayer flight. And what's what I found interesting about this is 343 announcing it's going to be a bot-focused technical preview. Uh, they don't have a date yet, but it could be any time, potentially even this weekend. But 343 even saying, we know the largest question now is when is the technical preview? The release of this blog means we're getting very close, but flighting itself is a fluid process. So we need to ensure we've successfully cleared our final gate before we're officially a go. That said, we've been given the okay to say our first bot-focused technical preview could happen as soon as what is now this coming weekend. So, uh, David, how eager are you to finally see what 343 has been up to for yourself? with Halo I'm, Infinite multiplayer. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that this Halo Infinite will finally make people stop caring about Bungie and making rumors about Bungie coming back to do Halo again. I have so much unnecessary faith in 343 um, making a, an extremely good um, Halo game. Um, I just feel like from everything we've seen so far, and this this, this um, bot test, I think it's going to be amazing for people who get to be in. Unfortunately, I'm not cool enough. Um, but I do, I feel as if my excitement for this game is through the roof. The multiplayer is, is absolutely through the roof. I, I really think that now that they've had, you know, 
what this is. They did three. I'm sorry, they did four and five, correct? And then and Master Chief Collection. Yeah, Master Chief Collection. So this is the one where they can finally put their staple. Um, it seemed like previously they were trying to continue a legacy from Bungie in a way, instead of putting their own staple on the franchise. I do feel like what we're seeing, especially with them showing the game off again uh, because of the bad reception originally received, I do feel like this is the this is the game to where we say, all right, three four three, finally put their mark on Halo, and I have nothing but excitement for this uh, upcoming Halo Infinite. It's it's going to be great, um, and I, and I say that when I haven't planned a half a second of it, it is going to be great, and I want people to remember that I said that. Well said. Really well said. I, I really like what you said, actually, about 343 putting their own stamp on it, because you're right. I mean, I think it, looking back, I, even 343 would probably admit that Halo 4, at least, if not 5 as well, were kind of more just continuing to follow the the path that was laid down mm-hmm. by Bungie. And yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm excited for for uh, this game, for Infinite to find its own way and and really put a sort of reinvent Halo. Hopefully, you know, for better or for worse, hopefully for better. But yes. uh, Miranda, bots, we've never had bots in Halo. Like that in and of itself is pretty cool. And the, it's even cooler that we're going to get to see how they are pretty quickly here. My biggest hope is that they'll have different levels of difficulty for the bots because I think that's okay, cool. Um, but ready for us to play. Did they say that? Did they say that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It goes all the way up to uh, Spartan bots. Okay. Okay. Good. So I did. I had to skip it. I apologize. So thank you for confirming, Dustin. Yeah. Um, yeah so what I want to do is I I actually love playing against bots and things like what's it called? Uh, why did I just forget it? Dota. Anyway, like Dota, <laughs> uh, because it really lets you experiment with different builds and different play styles and like get to know a map or an area that you can't really do against humans. And so it's, it's your playground, right? It's like, just go have fun and figure things out and being able to kind of give feedback on the difficulty of those bots and like whether or not they feel right is I think really essential too, because sometimes if you're playing against like the hardest level bots and it's just like, well, smote all of them down again, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's no fun. It's no fun to have, like you want just at least a little bit of a challenge. Um, so being able to go against those first is going to be, I think, really fun. And it's also going to be a nice way to introduce people. I'm pretty sure people who are going to be playing this Technical preview will be Halo fans, right? Like, I don't think we're going to have, like, brand- we probably will, but less likely that there'll be brand new people coming into the Halo space that are like, you want to try this out here? It's like, I'm sure they're going to wait till it's like free to play and out. Um, but as for the rest of us, I think it's going to be an exciting way to get a test of like what the potential is here. We can like really trust out the new systems and have an understanding of like what happened and what has changed between Halo 5 and now. And I think it's a good step for, of course, them to want to show the technical preview without maybe showing as much of the campaign, just because um, I, I don't think I'm alone in this and saying, like, Halo 5's multiplayer was phenomenal. Like, it was really good. Underrated. <laughs> exactly. So, like, there's... I'm not really worried. If anything, I'm just excited to see the changes that they're making for Halo Infinite multiplayer. So I think that maybe is helpful for showing off this technical preview. Yeah, great point about onboarding new people, since this is meant to be a you know, a spiritual reboot. That's a, that's a really excellent point. And, and yeah, I, I'd say I've wanted bots in Halo for a while, just as somebody to, you know, something to 
to be able to get a multiplayer experience without necessarily having to log on and get yelled at and and get, <laughs> and get squished by other people. Just go on and and get some practice, have some fun. Um, well, a little note on that, Ryan Staten yeah. actually said at the end of this post, Bungie wanted bots in the game too, but they were just cut due to time and they weren't able to get to it. So this is them finally being able to bring that into the game. Yeah. And one thing generally that should be noticed, this is a technical flight. They set expectation in their most recent blog post about this, that this could be unstable. There could be crashes or anything. They, they right at the forefront said they are looking for uh, stability. They want to make sure that things are running right. I'm still incredibly excited to play this. And I think they're trying to set expectations low. So people know this is to test the game for launch and make sure it's good. Well, let's be honest. It's also a little marketing. Of course. <laughs> the, the build is also a month old. So we're playing a month old build. So uh, keep that in mind if you get in. And if you want to get in, definitely go over to Halo Waypoint, Halo Insider. You can just Google Halo sign Waypoint, up. Halo Insider and sign up. You got to like send your DX tag and things like that. But they they said they're trying to get hundreds of thousands of Halo Insiders during the first technical preview across all platforms. That goes all the way back to the OG Xbox One, right? Um, I, I was just yeah. going to say, too, if you do have time to check out that post and read it in detail, unlike myself, you will find that there's a great weapons list that you can see for the technical preview. They have the Needler! Yeah, but also the yeah. skewer and like other new things we can try out. So I think that's going to be important as well, although I'm very excited about Needler. We're, we're going to talk about weapons, actually, in our loot box question coming up okay. a, little, a little later in the podcast. But uh, yeah, you know, David, you said... Five's multiplayer was fantastic. I thought four's campaign was really good. Yes. We just need three, four, three to finally put them both together in one game rather, rather Th than that. That would be nice. I, I think five campaign was a mistake in a lot of ways. They do, they really didn't have a direction, but they nailed the multiplayer. Absolutely fantastic. But Ryan, I, I did want to ask you, you say you've been really excited and wanting bots in the game. You yeah. don't feel like bots will give you a false sense of um of how because <laughs> I feel like playing against bots make you go into the real game like, oh wait a minute, like this 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 isn't working out because they're not really sitting that way for me to shoot them in the face. It depends how good the bots are, to Miranda's point, like how good the AI is. Cause I remember again. I'm old. I go all the way back. Uh, Unre the original Unreal Tournament in 1999 had bots, and uh, and and they were actually really good. They were, except at least at the time. I don't know how they would feel now, but at the time they felt very authentic, very like they did things a human player would do, and it became a a a, a good experience. I wouldn't say it's better than the you know actual human versus human experience, but mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm after. Like uh, to Miranda's point, I, I would want to use it to get to know the maps. Uh, that would be my primary. Or if I like maybe just wanted to hop on real quick before I go to bed, I'm maybe I'd just play against some bots and rather than get sucked into a whole, you know, actual human multiplayer match. So I don't know. Bots but yeah, I, I hope they're good. <laughs> bots don't talk back to you. Um, I mean, they can make comments, they but they won't respond. <laughs> Probably. Um, uh, one thing, too, I think with playing in spots is I, I really want to emphasize that it's such a great opportunity for people to learn new things. Right. Yeah. And I think that's just the biggest of it. I don't think it necessarily instills a false sense of security because I don't think anyone's so naive to think that, you know, what you're doing there is going to be the same. Probably. 
Um, however, like maybe you'll learn how to better get headshots or better stick people or like the corners where you can actually execute that properly. Um, and if these bots are really intuitive, maybe you can actually watch how the bots are moving and seeing what they take advantage of. Cause that can be really insightful as well. Like some of it's just like, what are you doing? Like, what, where are you going? But then sometimes it can actually be really helpful because they're probably going to go to the places that make most sense to take. Um, a skirmish or maybe to capture an objective or techniques that work that you may have not thought of without having that little insight from the bot. So I would say that they're, they're really useful for other things too. Here's what they said about how the bots are going to behave. Cause I know you, you were asking about that. They said mm -hmm. some more examples of bot behavior, ODST and Spartan bots will effectively dodge grenades and rockets. Recruits and Marines will not all bots use equipment and higher level bots will grapple shot to you to finish you with a melee kill. I've seen them do this with energy swords, which is amazing and terrifying. Bots keep track of power weapon spawns and will sprint to claim them. But most importantly, bots are fair. We don't change their health and damage values per difficulty level. They just get smarter and more resourceful the higher you go. And then on the weapons point, uh, that's on you were asking about like getting better with headshots and stuff like that. I'm really excited to try out the Academy's weapon drills because that's exactly what it is. You pick a weapon and they put you in these scenarios where you're going to be able to like test them out and try and use them. I am really, really stoked for this alpha. I hope it's stable. I hope they're setting expectations low and it's stable because all these modes sound great. It's like four, you and four of your buddies get to go in and kill four player bots on arena maps. That just sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's we're getting we're finally getting close. That's what really has me most excited is, you know, we we've waited an extra year here and hopefully that's going to absolutely pay off and be worth it and we're finally getting close to playing this thing so bring on that that technical preview um and hopefully a lot of you out there listening will get selected for it that's the hope you gotta cross your fingers that it, that uh everybody's gonna get get admitted and be allowed to play get chosen uh all right we've still got some more time here on this show speaking of well, we were talking about Respawn, at least within the context of EA, that Respawn is a big reason why EA has uh, started to make some better stuff and maybe start to earn some trust back with the community. Well, they're not done. Respawn is working on something brand new. According to Respawn creative director Mohamed Alavi, the Titanfall and Apex Legends, uh, Apex Legends studio is working on, quote, a brand new single player adventure set in a unique universe. Respawn's new job listings include spots for technical game designers, a senior combat designer, and a senior level designer. As you can imagine, the listings don't give away too much, but do give a few vague ideas of what to expect. Quote, this new single player title is a designer's dream playground with a freedom to innovate made possible by the unique universe it inhabits. And that is printed on all of those job listings. Um, Miranda, you're our, our the the panel's resident Apex player. I'm curious how you feel. You know, we've we've seen we've seen Respawn do it all. Basically, they've made phenomenal single player games. They've made phenomenal multiplayer games. Uh, going back to single player in what seems to be a new universe here. What uh, what's your excitement level and and what are you hoping for? Excitement, very high. What I'm hoping for, uh, I don't know. I know it's hard to say. I would like another shooter because I love their shooters. Um, I think with Apex 2, stepping away from that and, of course, from Star Wars and just doing something, as they said, a unique universe, 
um, makes a lot of sense just because as we were talking about with Stella previously on another episode of Unlocked, there's a lot to consider when it comes to the world of Apex and Titanfall. Like, how do you connect these? Where do you go with the story? And I think leaving their story right now with Apex just makes the most sense. And moving away from that and doing something different with this team and letting them get creative, I think, is a great idea. Honestly, as much as I love some of the studios that are just doing that one title, just like keeping with that universe and really dig into what that means, I also love to see really creative and neat teams like Respawn get to experiment and try new things and maybe make smaller sub teams. Like, honestly, if this is a 10 hour game, great. I'll take it. I'm so happy to have these shorter, like focused experiences that say something. I think there's, that's, that's something I would like to see more from AAA studios actually is like, I, I know maybe there's a lot of like other big things happening, but even if you look what, um, what the coalition did with high busters, like it's really cool to see these focused storytelling things happen because they let you know maybe a smaller team work on this or whatever it may be in the development cycle and say hey what if you guys just go do your thing so you can just get some like creative juices going and, and try something different that can you know in turn feed into cool ideas for our other games so that's what i'm excited about with this david what's uh what's your favorite of of all the good stuff respawn has done and and what uh what's your reaction to this new ip spinning up I think like we talked about earlier about um, Halo 5 multiplayer, I think Respawn is vastly underrated. I don't think they get enough enough love as they should for just being a fantastic studio. Um, I, I really want them to do something that's not a shooter. They do shooters great. I love Titanfall 2. Titanfall 2, massively, again, underrated. I use that term a lot when, when it comes to Respawn. Yes. Massively underrated, right? Such a great campaign. Probably one of the if not the best uh, first-person shooter campaign we got from the previous gen. So what I want from them moving forward is something, like Miranda said, something different. I want something that maybe they have been sitting on. You know, we always hear about the passion project, which can, get, which can be scary at times when you hear about a passion project, but I would love to see them do, do something different, something outside of the first-person shooter space. I know they did follow the order, which absolutely fantastic game rave people love the game i want them to continue to do something different something outside the star wars universe something outside of the titanfall apex universe something completely different because obviously whatever they do is going to be good so just let us have it and let us have it as soon as possible yeah i uh i i gotta figure this could be the titanfall team like the core because a the apex team still working on apex yes jedi fallen order teams doing jedi fallen order 2 Maybe there's a couple other, maybe there's a team we don't know about, but this might be the core Titanfall crew, for all we know on this. Destin, Respawn, they don't, as, as uh, David said, they've, they don't miss. What's, uh, what's your hype level for them doing a new single-player game? Well, I'm actually really excited about it, and I, I honestly hope it's not Titanfall 3. And well, it's definitely not. Well, <laughs> new, okay, yeah. new universe, unique universe. We're good there. Well, the reason I say that is because I think with Titanfall, they created an excellent game that is highly regarded by basically everybody, especially Titanfall 2, right? Mm -hmm. However, mass market appeal wise, they just, they didn't hit a nerve with people. I don't really know why, because everybody likes it. Everybody talks about it constantly, but the sales just weren't there. So I'm actually really excited that they are developing something completely new, a new world and everything, because with Apex, I feel like they took Titanfall they adjusted the formula that they were working with, and they've created some really, really interesting storytelling within that universe. And it's all based in the Titanfall universe, right? 
So they were able to take a franchise and make it super popular sort of by like putting it together with this battle royale genre. I cannot wait to see what they do, taking another crack at something brand new and see what they're able to deliver to their audience. I, I'm very excited about it. And I have a lot of faith that they've learned from Titanfall one and two. Uh, they've learned what works with Apex and what doesn't. And I cannot wait to see what they do. I'm going to I'm going to politely go against David and Miranda. I'm going to say I Ooh. do want this to be a shooter. Because oh, I said I wanted to be because shooters. respawns really good at shooters. Yeah, no, give me a shooter. Oh, also, I'm wearing a Titanfall shirt today. I forgot. Sorry. Oh, nice. nice. Yes. Um, just to just to again, I know I do this. I've done this before with respawn, but I still I'm with David. I feel like they are vastly underrated. Mm -hmm. the, I want to just give you the quick history of the studio because the core team that's still there, still together, they, they go all the way back. They started as the original Medal of Honor on PC, then Call of Duty, Call of Duty 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, Modern Warfare 2. And then they form Respawn and you've got then you've got Titanfall 1, Titanfall 2, Apex Legends, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. These guys have never missed ever. They've not. Actually, that's not true. There's one. All right. One miss out of uh -oh. all that. And that I would say was. Uh, uh, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, their VR game, which was I was really excited for. I don't think it turned out great, but that's just act like it didn't exist, Ryan. We're going to move <laughs> right on past. You know, it's funny. I actually <laughs> did forget it existed until I was mid thought. I was like, oh wait, there's one more game, and I didn't like it. But that's a pretty good track record. So uh, I cannot wait to see what they cook up next. And I guess when you look at their games. Every single one of them, but one has been a shooter. So the odds that this is a shooter are pretty good. Not a guarantee, but pretty good. So we'll see. We'll see what Respawn cooks up in the coming years. All right. Uh, let's move now to the loot box. This is where you, our audience, has a chance to be a part of Unlocked. All you've got to do is send in your just open-ended Xbox question for the panel. And uh, you've got to record yourself, put it on Twitter in video form, and we might feature you on the show as we are going to do right now with Kyle Hooper, who hunts, wants to talk a little bit of Halo. So Kyle, take it away. What's going on, Unlock Crew? My name's Kyle, I'm from Toronto, and I got an amazing question for you guys right now. I'm out in my run, and I listen to you guys every time. It's just calming, I don't know why. Uh, but my question for you is, with Obviously, we've seen the Halo Infinite trailer and all the Halo Infinite gameplay, but what is one weapon or vehicle or power-up that we haven't seen in anything yet that you hope is in Halo Infinite? It could be from one of the older Halos. It could be even from the lore if you read the books. Let me know. Awesome. Keep up the great work, guys. Kyle, thank you so much. Uh, David, you're our guest of honor. I'm going to go your way first. What weapon item vehicle that we maybe haven't seen yet in any of the recent multiplayer trailers from e3 for halo infinite that you are hoping will make make their way back into the new halo you know what this is actually a tough one for me because i am a very simple halo player i i, I have a, a very br heavy very very br heavy you know i don't think we've seen how the tanks necessarily i don't think we've really seen them in the in the trailer, if you tell me if, if, if we're wrong, they've always seemed like very slow to me and slow pacing. We're like, we're getting there at some point throughout the day. Uh, so I would like to see how they function. Can I put 
you know, three or four Spartans on here with me. Um, how fast can we actually move? Um, like I said, if it's in the train, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I would definitely want to see how, how the tanks are going and how much faster they are because in a, in a multiplayer style game, you're not going to go very far. A, a couple of rocket launches and you and your whole team are, are, are sayonara. Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't remember seeing the Scorpion or the Wraith. The Scorpion, in, uh, yes, sorry. Those multiplayer trailers for me three. How about you, Destin? Hmm. Honestly, all the stuff that I use in Halo has already been confirmed for infinite, like plasma pistol BR, right? The swords yeah. in there. Um, there's going to be snipers, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, I want to see something new, something that I've never seen before. Uh, kudos to the, the gentleman going on his walk, Hoopstar. Uh, glad to see you getting some exercise and throwing in your question. Um, good for you. But for me, I want to see something new. I want to see what they're able to do with the franchise without breaking it. Because I could jokingly say the Spartan laser, right? Like something really overpowered that just nukes everybody. That might even be in there. I don't know. So long and the short of it is, uh, yeah. Surprise and, you. That's what you Yeah, want. surprise me. That's surprise me. Something How about you, Miranda? Sorry, Kyle, but they showed my weapon of choice. It's the Needler. <laughs> That's all I love. <laughs> I love the Needler, guys. I know sometimes it's not good, but I can still love it. Um, I would like a special section where you have to do a little the Needler just once, just for a second, just for me. That's all. I miss dual wielding the Needler in Halo it's 2. So you, you just run up on someone with two Needlers and this ah, you're just you're just so a terrible it. weapon. Yep, it's real so quick. Great. Unload, walk away, walk let away. the pink explosion behind you. It's fine. Oh man, uh, it's so good. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm gonna go. Yeah, because I had to look at the confirmed list of weapons too. Not yet confirmed, so I'm gonna cross my fingers and hope it's still there. I'm a big DMR fan. I love the DMR, so I'm hoping that's still going to make its way in. And I'll give, a, I'll give a backup answer that I'm almost positive will not be in Halo Infinite. But, you know, the whole Halo Infinite's supposed to be more Halo 1-ish in a lot of ways. So uh, bring me back my original three-shot death pistol from Halo 1 <laughs> that I can torture okay. people from from halfway across the map because I used to do that in Halo 1 all the time. So, sorry, Miranda, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to take take an aim, and you're going to be like, what? what? Back at OXM, when we, when we used to play Halo 1, Blood Gulch, CTF, 5 o'clock every day. That's what would happen every day. I've told the story a million times, but you would just hear, you just hear someone just, like, curse and yell because they'd be trying to run across the battlefield and they just like, you just pop, pop, pop. And then they just drop dead. <laughs> and you just, if you're the one on the, on the giving end of that, it's just, you just love, it's just sadistically a joy to just drop someone from across the map. If you're on the receiving end of it, you're just, you just want to like punch a cloud, but <laughs> oh man, free shot death pistol for the win. Thank you to Kyle Hooper. And again, if anybody else out there, if you want to be featured on Unlocked, you've got a chance to do so. Film your question, record yourself, post it on Twitter and tag me so that I see it. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. Before we go, let's quickly do Unlocked Block Trivia. David, this is uh, we do a little trivia challenge here at the end of every episode, but no right. pressure. You know, uh, Destin is is terrible at this. Even though, so, you know, how bad? I'm could, in you know? second. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just, he, it, it's fun to, 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 to bust his chops <laughs> on it because he takes it really seriously and it's funny. So 
Uh, our trivia question this week comes from Kevin Moss, who asks this one. Leading up to the launch of the Xbox 360, people were having discussions about the price of new games going up from $50 to $60. Of the following four games that were launch titles for the Xbox 360, which one of them was still released at $50? So three of the four games I'm about to list for you were $60. One of them was $50. Name the $50 game. Was it Gun, which Neversoft developed, the Tony Hawk developer at Activision? Was it Perfect Dark Zero? Was it Call of Duty 2? Or was it Peter Jackson's King Kong, the movie, the game? Uh, I'll go David's way first, since he's our guest of honor. David, I'll test your, your uh, 360 memory here, see, if, uh, see how you hold up. So if I'm not mistaken, well, I'm going to say Activision never going to miss a chance on not raising the price of a game. So I'm going I'm I'm to go ahead and ask that out. If my memory is correct, Gun may have been out previously. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But I'm going to go with the movie tie-in game. I think the movie tie-in game, uh, just because of the fact that it was a movie tie-in game, they kept the uh, $50 tag and not went 60 All right. All right. I like the, the, the thinking there. Miranda, how about you? Hey, Gun, because uh, I like the title and the box art for this game. I've nice. never played it. I don't know the answer. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Uh, Destin, that brings us to you. I don't know why, but I also think it's Peter Jackson's King Kong. So I'm going to say D. Okay. Well, easy achievements. You know, <laughs> David, you were on the right track with regard to Activision never missing a chance <laughs> to charge more money. So, yeah. yes, you were correct to eliminate Gun and Call of Duty 2 right off the bat. But uh, sadly, you and Destin were incorrect. It was actually the first party game. It was Perfect Dark Zero. Wow. It was 50 okay. bucks at Surprise. the 360 launch. So uh, good logic. Did, nobody <laughs> quite got there. So Kevin Moss, great job stumping the entire panel on that one. I don't know, actually, if I, if I would have gotten that one right, if, I were, if the tables were turned and you were asking me this without me having the answer here. But Kevin, yeah. good job. That was a great question. Nice. I thought yeah, nice. The movie tie-in was the like it was like it's too obvious. This is this is the bait. This is the bait. <laughs> Can't do it. I was like maybe maybe it's gun. I didn't think I'd be Perfect Dark Zero. The, Sorry, the funny I'm part working through I, these. I will say about gun because uh, a couple of you mentioned it. This was a, a a funny little Activision moment, Activision y moment where so gun David came out. It actually came out like at the same time on on it was cross gen. So there was an mm-hmm. Xbox version. And the 360 version. Yes. And because the industry mostly decided to up the price from 50 to 60, it was 60, it was the exact same game, except on 360, it was in 720p HD. That was all you got. And it was it was a ten dollar tax for that privilege. It was 60 bucks on the 360. Only 50 on the Xbox. So uh anybody, anyway, I should say. We need more good trivia questions, so send them in. Email us, unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question. Include the four multiple-choice answers. Note the correct one in your email. Include your name, and I will maybe choose you for next week's show. And with that, we've got to get rolling here. Uh, David, again, now that everybody's fallen in love with you, we've had a great time this hour. Social media, the LV1Gaming.com. Tell us everywhere we can find you and what you're up to. 
Yes. Um, so uh, our social media is at LV1Gaming.com. I'm sorry, it's at LV1Gaming. Uh, me personally is at uh, F-A-M-E-E-N-T-2-K. A lot of people say it's fame int, but it's fame E-N-T. Um, always go out to your 15 minutes of fame. Never never miss an opportunity. That 15 minutes is always worth it, okay? Um, if you want, check us out at Level1Gaming.com, Level1Gaming.com. We have lots of reviews going up, original content, um, some entertainment stuff. We got a lot of BTS stuff coming around the way, Miranda. You might want to come and check out. And yeah, man, I just want to thank you for the opportunity for coming on and let me do my little spiel and just be able to talk to you guys. It has been an absolute uh, pleasure. I watch you guys every single time you guys upload. I am there watching you guys. So to be here is uh, surreal even though i didn't think i would see destin um smile i think he smiled once or twice today maybe right now <laughs> look ah, got a little bit there we go there it is so yeah that's me and uh i appreciate the opportunity oh david that's a, it's a the the joy there is a, is a two-way street thanks so much for coming on i'm so glad the community pointed you out to me and said hey you got to take a look at this guy he's great you are indeed great. So please come back Thank you. and see us on Unlocked again in the not-too-distant future. Miranda, so, how about you? You can find me at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with K on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. And right now, I am working on a guide for not an Xbox game, but a Pokemoba called Pokemon Unite. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. I'm also working on a review. So I'll have written stuff on IGN. Wow. <laughs> I said it as a joke because, as Dustin knows, we just project manage a lot these days. Uh, so it's nice to get to produce some things as well. Dustin? Yeah, I got some fun stuff, too. I get to work on Flight Simulator for a little bit. So it's a lot of soothing, flying through the skies, doing pixel counts, seeing what frame rate it runs at natively, <laughs> or yeah. seeing what the resolution is native and seeing what the frame rate is. Uh, yeah, so I'll be working on that. Keep an eye out for that. Check out the... Uh, Xbox Series X and Series S comparison, because Series S does uh, quite a good job. Good stuff. Uh, as for me, so I will not be on next week's show. Miranda's going to host. Uh, she'll bring in a guest there. Uh, and all, we've got another Xbox exclusive that's actually out later this week that theoretically you could talk about on next week's show, except I'm reviewing it. So it'll be a matter of if any of you guys have played it to talk about it. But uh, The Ascent, I'm reviewing The Ascent, which you may remember from various Xbox showcases. It's that dumb thing where I'm not sure if we're allowed to say when the, forget it, the review goes up the morning the game launches. They can come yell at me if they want. I don't really care. I'm going on vacation. I don't really, it's fine. They're not going <laughs> to, they won't even know how to find me. Um, so look for that review. I won't be here to talk about it on next week's show, but uh, check out that review on Thursday morning, early Thursday morning, which is the day the game comes out. So check that out on IGN or on YouTube. And what else? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And, I, and then just, yeah, our IGN first coverage of the Steam Deck rolls on. So uh, do check that out. Tomorrow, we have an interview with Gabe Newell, which is a, which is a rare treat. So that's a 30-minute interview. Look for that on, again, IGN or IGN's YouTube tomorrow, meaning Wednesday. And with that, we're done. I want to thank Super Producer Red, along with... Miranda Destin, and especially David Whitaker from LV1 Level 1 Gaming. Thank you all so much. Another fun week in the books here at Podcast Unlocked. This was episode 504, and we'll see you back here next week.
What if you discovered you could move between the worlds of dreams and real life? That's the story of Dream Breachers, where Evan wakes up on his 12th birthday and realizes that something he dreamt about the night before had actually happened. With the help of his friends, a reappearing stranger, and a mysterious organization called the Dream Academy, Evan will discover what it means to be a dream breacher. Dream Breachers is a high-stakes sci-fi mystery adventure about the highs and lows of having all your dreams come true and is perfect for kids ages 8 to 12. If that sounds like a dream to you, you're in luck. You can listen to Dream Breachers now, wherever you get your podcasts. 